Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey guys, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Whoa, what an episode today. Um, the host of The Late Late Show, the host of Celebrity Name Game. Did you watch that? Maybe. He's releasing his third book called Riding the Elephant, a memoir of altercations, humiliations, hallucinations, that's a tough word to say, and observations. Uh, It's Craig Ferguson. Holy shit. Been uh, bugging his publicist for quite some time to make this happen, and we finally made it happen, and it was well worth the wait. He lives in Scotland now, so to get him while he's in the States is a big deal, and he made time for us, so holy shit. Um, I don't want to spoil this one. It's just uh, everything you want more, the stories, the the Hollywood behind the scenes stuff, the stories of um, getting sober and living in Scotland and, and um, writing his third book um, and stand up. It's just uh, his early days in, in being in a band in Scotland and how he got into stand up. It's uh, quite the episode from top to bottom. Knew it was going to be. He's um, just a guy that's, that's lived quite the life and is still living it. Um, he's going to be doing stand up uh, in L.A. on April uh, 4th at the Ace Hotel downtown. Um, go uh, get your tickets for that at uh, Ticketmaster.com And April 7th at the Grove in Anaheim, uh, Anaheim. So go see Craig April 4th at the Ace Hotel April 7th in, the, uh, in Anaheim at the, uh, the Grove uh, This week I will be in Las Vegas At the Laugh Factory in the Tropicana uh, Tonight through Sunday Two shows each night, 8.30 and 10.30 Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com Brad Williams, Wednesday through Saturday Is in Miami at the New Miami Improv Wednesday through Saturday, the 20th through the 23rd Get your tickets at BradWilliamsComedy.com Follow Craig on Twitter and Instagram At Craig Ferguson, me at AdamRayComedy At Alien Podcast, at FunnyBrad AboutLastNightPodcast.com for past, present Eps and your Alien merch Shop AdamRay.com for all, uh, all of my stuff Get some beanies, some pins some hats. It's all comfy. Go get it. ShopAdamRay.com. Come on, it's March. It's uh, it's still chilly in most parts of the country, so keep warm and, and be fashionable. So many great apps coming up. Henry Winkler, Ron Funches, Tony Hale. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and comment and rate on the iTunes page. It takes a couple seconds and uh, we appreciate the, the support. I think that's it. Now we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Craig Ferguson. I love how you don't even have to take a sip of it. Just just the smell the and the smell feel of the enough. coffee. I might not drink it, actually. <laughs> it's, but it's the it's part of my being a power bottom that I... Uh, <laughs> we're, that I said, no, I must have a black coffee. Yeah. I must. Well, we're... we're now, see, now, uh, now I feel like we should take the time and at least Google what a power bottom is. Or should, or should we just keep the mystery going? I think the thing about being a power bottom is you, you always want to have an air of mystery. That's, that's what gives you the power. It's the enigma that gives you the power. 
Was a was a Bing Hitler a power bottom? Bing Hitler was a <laughs> character that I, you know when you start out doing stand up and you like you have a guitar or you have a like a, a big hat or some gimmick, right? Sure, right. You have to, or you're a dwarf. Just <laughs> just, just, just a whatever. Hook. Whatever your just hook, hook is, yeah. <laughs> and you'll get past that pretty soon. Uh, and it's a phase, yeah. And, yeah. But, it, but when you're starting out, you, I, it was that was what my thing was. It was I, I was kind of frightened to go up there and just say hi. There also there were no clubs mm-hmm. in Glasgow when I started. There was no com- there were no comedy clubs. Just bars or what? Yeah, it, it, bars and uh, discotheques, and okay. you, so so they would be uh, they would be playing music for people to get drunk and meet prospective sexual partners by, and then they would stop the music and say, "All right, now here's a guy that thinks he's funny." <laughs> And so they were sh- shouting at me before I got to the microphone. Right, no. They wanted me to die before I even opened my mouth. So I had to have a character who was more aggressive than them and very, mm-hmm. um, and very kind of outspoken and 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 also in a weird way not threatening, you know, because it was like it was a figure of of fun. It wasn't somebody that was going to try and get between you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend or sure. do you know what I mean. So it, it was a preposterous character, and I think that helped. There's also a very local thing. You know, it was all local Scottish. Was it based off of anything or any nah, person? No. It was just, I just, I, I mean, it was kind of like based on all the kind of cheesy Scottish stuff that we used to see on t- local TV. Mm-hmm. And then the name, I thought, had a certain marquee value. Well, it's got uh, one name in there that definitely raises eyebrows. Right, Bing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bing. Yeah, yeah, Bing. Is, uh, well, after Crosby. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. That, that was that was what a that it was after actually after Steve Bing, the obscure financier that was the love child father of uh, Elizabeth Hurley's oh, boy. Oh, well, well, you don't have to tell our listeners who Steve Bing is. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all familiar. Yeah, Come yeah, on, dude. I mean, yeah. No, it was, it, no it, was, it, was, uh, it was just a, a thing to kind of draw attention to. Well, it. Glasgow now has, uh, there's a um, comedy festival there, isn't there? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I was talking mm-hmm. to, there's a friend of mine, Fred McCauley, who's a Scottish stand-up comedian, and I, was, I had a cup of coffee with him last week when I was in Glasgow, and he said... Uh, they have a comedy club now. They have more than one, actually. They have got like half a dozen, and there's a stand-up scene, and and young people want to be stand-up comedians. Which I just think is a terrible state of yeah. affairs. <laughs> you know, people wanting to be stand-up comedians is a testament. Yeah, right. Like I always say, it was something I never said while my mother was alive. But mm-hmm. if you if you have a child who wants to be a stand-up comedian, you're a terrible parent. <laughs> now, my sister, my sister has. Is also a stand-up comedian. Oh wow! So oh. my parents had two stand-up Jesus. comedians. Yeah, what yeah. So failures? There you go. <laughs> so there's a that's, lot. We're we're meandering into Catholic church territory there, my friend. <laughs> there's a lot of pain there. Was mm-hmm. it uh, was it pretty incredible to go back and perform like after like like I'm always curious when people go back to the place they started and do like you know I how haven't. Much- I haven't. You haven't gone back. You haven't to done Glasgow. any shows. I have done any stand-up in Scotland since 1994. Okay. Um, is there a fear there? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now there is because I just actually in the car on the way here, I was just talking to somebody about doing the Edinburgh Festival this year and mm-hmm. doing a gig at the Edinburgh Festival, which would be the first time. And I, I still don't know if I'm going to say yes, but I think I probably am. Oh, 
please do. Hey, yeah. Are you going to be there? Well, I have only been once with an alumni group from USC, and it was to this day the greatest. Like, and we went for six weeks. Right. We did like all these shows at one theater. We it was like. 20 people alumni from SC we built all the sets we did all these shows and yeah. it was unreal and no, I, I want to go back there. I started there I used to do it every year yeah. at the Edinburgh Festival oh, I started there, there in 86 to, I did the Bing Hitler thing at the Edinburgh Festival there you go and then and it uh, crushed right it was oh yeah, yeah it was, talk was of the huge yeah and that that's kind of like that propelled me out of the festival i suppose well and, and, and for people who don't know about the edinburgh festival people are like oh so it's like moon tower or it's like the montreal comedy festival no, no, not no, it, no, not no. you got everything all. you got yeah. uh, every type of performer yeah montreal is kind of like a small town kind of weenie roast compared to the <laughs> edinburgh festival it, yeah it truly it, is it yeah. really is bizarre i mean it's and it's not just stand-ups there's a lot of yeah. stand-ups but there's like I, I remember seeing a, a an act from I think they were Bulgarian brush jugglers, and, and they <laughs> that sounds like a really good subcategory on Pornhub. It is actually. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it is. You no. seen that brush juggler porn? Yes, yeah. solid. It's solid. He's, it's actually slang for a promiscuous <laughs> man who likes women in nineteen seventies. <laughs> Uh, a tire, a brush juggler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that guy—he's a real brush juggler. <laughs> he's gonna get himself in trouble. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's clowns and mimes. I yeah, mean, it's just well, like but there's good stuff. Musicals. Too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, there, it, musicals and plays and recitals and a cannon gets let off every yeah. day at one o'clock. I mean, yeah. it's awesome. And, and, and from the performers' uh, perspective, when we go to like uh, Montreal, we, right. we 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 get our travel paid for. We get our yeah. we 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 get our hotel paid for mm -hmm. and we get paid yeah like there's a guarantee edinburgh festival like they they've reached out and i've had i've had conversations and they're like okay so you pay for your travel you pay for your hotel you you rent the theater you sell the tickets you do everything i go okay well how do i get paid they go eh, you may not you may not that's <laughs> that's right the thing is about it though uh it, it has a certain it draws so many things like the reason i ended up being here and in doing like the Drew Carey show or or uh, or the late night show it all comes mm -hmm. from being at the Edinburgh Festival because it was, no way yeah yeah because it was it, a great boy to get seen or yeah people come and see you and it used to be it doesn't happen anymore because of the internet <laughs> but the <laughs> but it used to be that people from L A and New York talent scouts and stuff mm -hmm. would is, is that my phone I'm sorry no no you're good. Uh, the, they that would was go the internet uh, the internet back. fight yeah. back yeah. Um, spitting back at you <laughs> I think that they used to go and see people they used yeah. to travel around to go and see different people and, and nurture talent now they just go on YouTube and go that sucks he's a brush juggler <laughs> <laughs> it really has affected don't you think like the way that um, I don't know we, we see that I mean there's obviously it's great the amount of opportunities you can get from sure. getting discovered but there's something to be said about seeing what you're going what you're trying to um, you know, gauge live versus yeah. Also, the the what I think has been robbed from young performers is the ability to fail. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, stand up is is a trial and error business. You know that, yeah. and 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 so that you can you want to be able to fail, but there are people in there recording you right now right you know and so the first time you do a joke, it better work. Yeah, and that I mean, if you, I'm so glad there weren't you know 
phones and stuff around like there weren't even three stooges phones around when i started <laughs> yeah. but the, there weren't ways of recording uh, like i don't want people to know no and yeah what i was doing yeah <laughs> it's always shocking to me when comics that have been doing it like four months six months go hey here's my setup on youtube it's like i'm like oh god take that down yeah it's like a, that's that's gonna a, follow you it is and it's a 10-year apprenticeship stand-up i think it, at it, least yeah yeah i, I think there's that when you feel like you got good i'm not no, I'm not sure that uh, it was that quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm prepared to claim that yeah. for myself yet either. Yeah. Uh, I got comfortable. Like the last tour I just did, I, I, I used to start the act every night uh, with, I've got a great show. It doesn't mean it's going to be a great show, but the simple math tells me that I'm really good at this because mm -hmm. I've had a lot of great shows. You've been an audience for what? like 10 minutes so fuck you if this is not a great show it's your fault uh, and, I, I like that and that it puts it on them right and that level of confidence doesn't happen right away if it if right. it does if, if you have it that early look there are some Eddie Murphy at 18 was like unbelievable yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for most people it, it takes a little for me certainly it took a long time some maybe some some people are faster yeah, and, and you started, when you started off in your show business career, you were doing, like, you were in rock bands, and you were yeah. doing a lot of different things. How did you, how did stand-up come into play, and how did that become your focus? Well, it was because of punk rock, really, because punk rock and, and, and post-punk, although we didn't really call it that then, mm -hmm. cause, but, but that kind of environment, everything was all lumped together. So there were, like, bands and performance poets and stand-up comedians and, you know, brush jugglers, whatever it was. There was always... <laughs> There was always uh, a thing going on, and it yeah. was a, it was a very kind of experimental and um, very aggressive atmosphere, but very live atmosphere. And I started doing stand up really by introducing bands and and being in bands. Okay, that you know were part of a you know a bill, and I would go on in between. And stuff you were like a drummer that. in Exposure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I heard you say this in a special that you played the clarinet. I did, yeah. I played the clarinet very briefly at school. And I knew we were attached to the hip, yeah, and so I, did I. Did I, you quit clarinet because you were getting too much pussy? That That's kind of what happened. I think you How may, dare you, Brad? Yeah. I touched a boob in the eighth grade because of the clarinet. I, I think that You're the own, yes. I realized very quickly that the oodly oodly sound wasn't a direction I wanted to go in creatively. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good choice. So the Absolutely. Uh, so it, it, it's not exactly the 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 the, the snake charmer effect. No, it, it, in fact, the opposite. It, it, it puts the snake in the basket. It puts the snake in the basket, or it gets the clarinet again. <laughs> what was that experience like, though, to be in a? Because that was your first taste of performing, yeah, and just being on a stage. Uh, I don't really know when it. it I first performed. I, you got to understand, I was very drunk. You know, mm. for a long like I, I mean, like really bad, right? Uh, mm. And so I was performing probably before I knew I was actually officially performing. Like you, you, you would be in a club and you'd get on the stage and you'd yell into a microphone. And what I think what happened is that I would yell drunkenly in a microphone between bands, and it start people started laughing, mm -hmm. and so it, it became a sort of thing 
organically. It wasn't like I was going to go up and do something. It's just right. I was drunk and I wanted to say some things. <laughs> <laughs> what then, was the type of the shit you were you were saying? Well, it, it would probably be something angry. Yeah, I yeah. Imagine. Well, I mean, you're in a punk rock band, right? You're, it's very anti-establishment. So it, it would be very confrontational with with the audiences, but of course, people like that when they're young. The young, yeah. pro- young comedy, I think, is very anti-empathetical that's why it, it that and i think that's right i think that the you know sure. young people doing that is fun and rebellious and stuff i think as comedians age if they still uh, i mean if you're you know if you're part of a corporate structure and you're still pretending to be anti-establishment <laughs> i think it gets a little yeah you can't exactly weird. be kevin hart and being like this you know the system and the rig like it's like hey you're in it well i was i was th- <laughs> i was thinking more of myself doing late night <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah, I'm so outrageous right here on CBS. We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. Uh, now, w- w- while you, speaking of the late night thing, was there, and we're going to jump around a little bit, but mm-hmm. was there any uh, hesitance on, on your side? Like, when they, like, did you go to them? Did they come to you? They came to me because they were trying out a bunch of different people, and I, I had just uh, lost a job. I had just mm-hmm. made a movie that had gone at the time. This is how long ago it was. I just made a movie that had gone straight to video, which is a big disgrace. You know, yeah. this is an odd movie because I wrote the movie, I started the movie, I directed the movie, oh, and wow. I hate the fucking movie. <laughs> well, it wasn't your fault, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's really. I watched the movie. And went. This is a terrible film. <laughs> And, and what I, I realized, I realized at the end of the film, I thought, wait a minute, I'm not a guy who makes movies. I'm a guy who goes to the uh, movies. Yeah. Everything's wrong. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that, that, that has to be kind of like, as a comic, when a joke fails, you can't blame anybody yeah, else. Yeah, there's no one else to blame. Yeah, yeah, it's just you. But so when you're in that, when you're involved that much in the movie, you just went, oh, it well, was It sucked, it, you know, and it, it happens. And, and so what, ha- what happened was that I, I'd done that. I was at a low point in my life. I was going through a divorce. So mm-hmm. I, I was flat broke. Uh, and then CBS said, do you want to try out for this job? And I said, yes, because I had a young son uh, and I wanted to be in town to be a dad to him. I didn't want to be in the road and I didn't want to be you know, going away to make... I was working a lot in independent film then, mm-hmm. which doesn't pay that much and you're always out of town. Right. So you uh, were looking for something to kind of keep looking you, for something keep you local. In town. Yeah. So it was either that or you know, a podcast, but there was no <laughs> podcasts back then. Wow. Yeah. Did, had you ever... Um, you know, some people grow up dreaming to be hosting a late night show. No, ever- I I reject all of that. Even now, I don't understand why anyone would want to do that. It seems like want to be a television presenter. It's like yeah. I think being a late night host for me, it was like becoming a realtor. It, no, I didn't set out to do it. It's just it was handy, and they would put me on a park bench. You know, it's like <laughs> side of a bus. Yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't I didn't aspire to it, uh, and and I I I still don't. Not that I'm doing it anymore, but. I liked it. I'm proud of that show, and I'm glad I did it. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed doing it. You changed the game. I hope so. I think so. I, and a I little think, bit. I think that probably contributes to the success of it and what you were doing on the show is that you, it was um, not a, a, an afterthought or something you didn't want to do, but you kind of went into it with not you know such uh, an, enor- an enormous amount of pressure <clears throat> to like fulfill what you'd always dreamt it would be for yourself, right? So you were right. kind of like, oh, well, let's just and see what happens. And it's also that there is a certain amount of uh, of corporate yeah. hypocrisy mm-hmm. that comes with with these uh when i was doing it it was almost exclusively <laughs> men um there are it's evening up a little bit now but the the idea that you know you pretend to be you know johnny carson or you know 
uh, David Letterman. I don't know why you would pretend to be someone else unless someone was paying you to yeah. pretend to be someone else, like an acting jo- right. job. Yeah, I, and, but and I did. I guess I pretended to be someone else a little bit. Well, but you did your own thing in terms of, uh, especially the monologue, like that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a very yeah. conversational monologue. It, it it wasn't. So let's see what's happening in the news today. It well, wasn't, I, it wasn't scripted. I no, I couldn't really. I mean, I tried at first. If you look at the the very early shows, <clears> I'm sure you can find them. Yeah. on the internet. But the, uh, but the uh, that'll be their slogan at some yeah. point <laughs> when things are the really taking a turn. <laughs> hey, join us on the internet. <laughs> uh, but the uh, at, at first, I mean, I got terrible reviews, and it was really awkward because I was reading jokes off of cue cards and stuff. Yeah, the real reason that show happened wasn't really anything to do with me be having the balls to make it different. It was more about the fact that David Letterman protected me, and Dave. Mm. Uh, owned the time period so right. it was it was a weird thing it'll never happen on tv ever again it was just a weird thing very briefly it's kind of boring business but it it, it explains why it happened in the 90s when dave and jay were fighting over the tonight show yeah in order to get dave to go to cbs cbs offered him the ownership of two hours of late night so dave owned his time slot and owned the time slot after it that's very unusual wow so he he they couldn't the, he could put on if he wanted to put up just you know stupid petrix which is basically what my show was <laughs> for an hour yeah he could do that he could do that because right. it was his slot right so he owned the real estate that's insane so and and of course when dave went that that went away yeah right so i i couldn't if you know even although i decided to go even if i hadn't I would have still had to go because Dave wouldn't be there protecting me and right. then I'd be at the mercy of CBS and then that wouldn't have gone well. I don't <laughs> think. And then, and then your crew would be down in the toilet and you'd be reduced to doing podcasts. That yeah, point. that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so he had to sign that. off on you? Who, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he did, yeah, at the beginning. Was there a uh, audition, like a, a screen test for... No, they tested out four guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they tested out a lot of people, actually, but they, they boiled it down to four guys. It was uh, D.L. Hughley, me, Michael Ian Black, and uh, another guy whose name I forget. But Mario Lopez. No, yeah. but, <laughs> no, it, it, he was a, he's a smart guy. Actually, yeah. I, I feel bad not remembering his name because he was good. Oh. Um, uh, but there was four of us, and we each got a week of doing the late night show. Wow. And then uh, Dave, Peter Lasalle, and uh, a guy called Les Moonves. I don't know if you've heard yeah, of him. Yeah, for sure. They, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> n- nice guy. Very <laughs> friendly. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> man! Oh man! <laughs> So uh, anyway, <laughs> they they made the decision yeah. of who got the job. Do you remember doing? So that? thank you, Les Moonves, is what you're trying to uh, say. That's not what I'm <laughs> that's saying. Not that's what he said, not Brad. what I'm yeah. saying. So Craig Ferguson owes his <laughs> life. <laughs> Do you remember that week of shows and like what your prep was like, what your mind was like? What did you? Feel? Yeah, I really wanted the gig. Yeah, of course. I, I really wanted the gig. Once you get that close, right? You're like, yeah, and and I, I and I was excited by the idea of of. You know, because it, it was a life-changing thing. I mean, you go from like trying to make a thing happen there and trying to make a thing there, and all of that goes away. You just go to work, yeah. which for the first couple of years was great, and then very slowly, like a Chinese water torture, it starts to make you crazy. Uh, can well, you can, even say Chinese water torture? Now? I don't know. <laughs> well, just like a, a on the day of Chinese New Year <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, I, Gong I, Hei Fat Choi, by the way. Yeah, and the same to you. But, uh, <laughs> The year of the pig. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the. Why do you know that? 
I, my wife is Chinese. Okay. Is she really? Yeah, that, that's yeah. We had we had to build an altar this morning and pour whiskey out to her ancestors. Is that true? Yeah, that's adorable. That is adorable. I know, right? Boy, and then, married life isn't that bad. And then she gets to say, "Hey, ancestors! Not only do I have whiskey, but I have a dwarf." You know, yeah. it was, it was, it was <laughs> we get to offer you a dwarf. <laughs> is that is that an offering? You get I mean, sacrificed? I, apparently, do they want to that? My ancestors <laughs> were dwarfs and drank whiskey. <laughs> I like your ancestors. <laughs> yes. yes, you probably would. <laughs> All the battle axes. Yeah. Did you miss the consistency? Like Drew Carey show was, I mean, real steady, consistent, right? Like that's. Yeah. And so when that stops, is this the time that you're speaking of that you're like, I need, like you said, the Chinese war torture term to describe kind of just that. Well, lack the, Drew of- show, the Drew Carey show was a different thing because I was working as an actor in a show which. Um, the you know you're part of a, a troupe I guess and mm-hmm. and it is a it's a much more kind of collegiate feel about yeah. it and it, it's nice it's it's a nice thing stand up uh, or or late night was a kind of uh, it it at first I wasn't aware of it because like most I, I think probably all of us that do this kind of thing there's this an, an element of narcissism I think probably sure. and, and and so I was very attracted to that at first They're like the show's got your name on it and everybody you know kisses your ass when you walk in and stuff right. like that but um very quickly it becomes isolating and 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 over a period of time it got extremely strange i remember when seth uh when seth started on an nbc he called me up and he he's such a nice guy i said yeah. congratulations but uh you're gonna go crazy <laughs> and and he said mm-hmm. no i don't think i'll go crazy uh and I spoke to him a year ago. He still hasn't gone crazy yet, but I'm I'm holding out hope. <laughs> I put twenty on red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're going to be right in the long Everybody run. Everybody else goes crazy. Everyone's gone crazy. I don't know anyone who does that. It's not crazy. Well, it, well it, it, it's such an insane line of work when you break it down and think that you work so hard to create this thing that is on air and then it's gone. Yeah, it's just gone and now okay on on to the next game. I mean, game. that was that was kind of the joy of it. the 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 actual performing of it is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. you know that's that's great. You and enjoyed that, the like I loved, making bits and figuring out right. Like, I yeah. love that. The interviews became very tiresome mm-hmm. uh, because you a lot of the people I, I mean, especially over time. A lot of the people I wanted to talk to, I you you figure out who your favorites are, yeah, but they're sure. not available every night. So you've got you know who's on the new WB sitcom and yeah. stuff, and you're like, oh, great, uh, and <laughs> and that gets a little old. Yeah, I I but the difficulty was not doing the show. The difficulty was dealing with uh, the fact that what happens if you are in a position like that, you become HR, you know. My sister's having a baby. My brother needs mm. me to go to Vermont and whatever it is. And you end up, you spend your whole life like being the HR guy. And yeah. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not cut out for that. Yeah. I, and, and also the level of corporate fake bonhomie is difficult for me because I, I didn't go to... I didn't go to an American college. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to do all that shit. You hey, know, like fist bumps and fucking chest pumps and all that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you know, and that's the name of your next book. <laughs> yeah, fist but, bumps and chest no, I, and chest humps. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, fist what? bumps and chest humps. That's a very, very good idea for a film that I accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally am going to produce. Well, based on your track record, it's going to be amazing. Well, and you even <laughs> say uh, in your book, writing the elephant, your new book, yeah, which is available. Um, 
whatever comes out everywhere. Yeah, yeah right. <clears throat> Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Amazon would be the way. That's I'd a, go. that's a spot. I feel yeah, like yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where people go. Yeah. Barnes and Noble, I guess, if you don't have a computer. <laughs> in in which case, why are you listening to a podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh no, they have a website. I'm yeah, sure Barnes. And oh Noble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do mention that you dropped out of. I mean, the book is incredible. You really do. You feel like this is your most like. The best, uh, honest, person like the, some of the stories you were telling, and in, in you're about losing your virginity and like yeah. dropping out of school at 16. Like, yeah, I think it, it, there's a certain amount of freedom that comes with. It's one of the the few kind of uh, nice things about aging a little bit. You know, it's like I, I really don't give a fuck now. You know, I mean, <laughs> so, so awesome. So the the idea of you know, it, uh, partly. Uh, I think it, it's like, you know, at the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. when Morgan Freeman's character, all, all the way through the movie, they're like, he's trying to get parole, and he's trying to get yeah. parole, and he's trying to say what these guys want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, fuck it, do what you fucking like. I don't fucking care. You put yeah. me in jail, don't put me in jail. I'm fucking 70, I don't care. Um, and they give him parole. I, I feel like that's, that's, a li- that's the metaphor. You know, mm. that you get to a point where you think, I, I don't fucking... Look, you, you know who I am. You're going to read it if you like me, and you're going to hate it if you don't like me anyway, and you're not going to read it. So, uh, you, like, there's a band... Uh, you heard a band called Coldplay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah right. they've done a few things. Right, okay. I'm not a great fan of that band. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like some of their tunes. Uh, but they... Uh, but their singer, uh, Chris... Martin. Martin. Chris Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an interview with him, which I really liked. Which he said, I don't make music for people who don't like Coldplay. What's the point? <laughs> I just make people for music who like Coldplay. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I write for people that write, you know who I am. You, you read it or don't read it. I don't care. That's, yeah. that, that's a healthy attitude. I it think is. so, yeah. yeah it, it, but it's it not really one that's is. possible when you're young and you're making your bones. Did it's you have that when you, <clears throat> during the uh, the show? I mean, did that contribute to kind of the freeform style? Like Towards the interview. The end. Towards like that's, the end. That's what, yeah. I mean, I, and you mentioned having to have a lot of guests on that you didn't uh, want to. And, I apologize. No, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you were the worst. You, you were the one that tipped me over. I was like, when right, people I'm, say, "Why right. did Craig Ferguson leave?" Late? Uh, now you know. You, and, and you thought in your career you could avoid one yeah. one guest without talking about his Wolverine past. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's on page one seventy two of the book, <laughs> yeah. actually. A goddamn Adam Ray yeah, chapter. Yeah, the goddamn Ruined Adam Ray my chapter. life <laughs> with this relentless ambition. No, but like, when did the the start? Like, when you would rip up the cards before each interview? Did that? I mean, that definitely, again, like, which is why so many people loved your style is, uh, I mean, you know, Sandra Bullock would tell me this. She was just like, oh, I know that I can, I get to be present the whole time. I I can just like have a conversation. But like not everybody has those skill sets to be able to hang with you like that. And so is that more exhausting for you to have to? Well, I think what it it was, was that I, a lot of times when people try and do stuff like that is to try and score points over the person they're interviewed to try and, and this is very popular right now mm-hmm. uh you know if, if you do press for any kind of thing and yeah you have to go and sell your shit i mean it's it's, it's rude not to but you know, people will ask you things to try and set you up in a clickbaity way, or try sure. and pull. And what do you hate about James Corden? Right, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and 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 that that I never did. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't interested in making anybody look bad. Yeah, I know if they looked bad, it was on them. But I wouldn't help them look that way. It was. I always felt that my job as a host was to do exactly what a host does. If you're the host of a party, you know, I have a good time. Do you have yeah. enough cheesy nibbles? Do you want to watch the brush smuggler video? Or whatever, you know? Again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever you want to do. I felt like it was my job to to make people feel comfortable. That's a great approach. Yeah. And and I and and I 
I feel that maybe particular areas of the media that, or, or, or of our world, I suppose, that would look down on that and lack in a certain amount of edge, but I don't really care. I think the, the idea of edge for edge's sake is, yeah. is adolescent and, and uh, it's just silly and churlish. But it doesn't I, make any sense. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think that that is that policy and that practice is more edgy because the average late night show hell you uh, every answer is so scripted when, yeah, when they yeah. they try to act like it's oh we're just having a conversation with but and then they and then they say oh so you just got back from a trip you to Miami a yeah 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 how was that <clears throat> well to be fair i think that happens mm-hmm when the hosts are like this guy's a dud and i just got to read out the questions or this person's not but i think all of the guys who are doing it and the truth is i don't watch it i didn't watch it before and i don't watch it now yeah yeah. but when i whenever i've been doing late night shows i've noticed that whoever i've been on with where if they feel like it's going well they they rip up the cards in their mind they start talking yeah yeah you know and that that's that's really what they do i mean if it's a good guest you can do that it's they're just protecting themselves from dull guests who are some of your i mean obviously i think it's clear to say like you know robin williams like people in that category seemed the most fun because they just were so willing to play with you at any moment yeah, Robin, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Robin had a pretty quick comedic mind. So, <laughs> Did he? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it, was, it was no real chore to... I also, I loved Robin. Uh, Robin yeah. was my friend and yeah. I loved him. And um, that, that matters when you're out there, yeah? Yes, of mm-hmm. course. It, it matters everywhere. Or, yeah. And, and, um, and there, are, there were people who I loved talking to. And whenever I mentioned somebody, I always forget to mention another of course person, you know but there were most people and i mean all, i'm not kidding like 95 percent of the people were great really they are yeah because you know once they get to the point where they realize he's not going to try and make me look like a douche yeah. yeah most people are nice like most people driving around are okay yeah yeah uh, you know it's just the four it's assholes just, right it's you, the yeah. one person takes a shit in the pool and now everybody has to get out you know I mean? in my defense yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the kiddie really pool had, was closed i really had to go <laughs> yeah and uh i mean, i i think it was whatever, a good story for people yeah. Yeah, whatever <laughs> your excuse is everybody yeah. had to get out of the pool uh one person that you had on a lot who, who i I found out in during, doing a little research for this interview that you uh, did some work with early in your career when you came over was uh, Betty White. Yes, yeah. Betty was the first person I worked with when I came to America. I got, it was your I first did, show, right? Right, yeah. I did a show called Maybe This Time, which was one of those uh, mid awful mid-90s uh, <laughs> sweater over your shoulders type sure. shows. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Like, you know what, Daisy? Relationships are hard. Like one of those... <laughs> yeah. Awful shows. Will it, it work out? Maybe this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Men and women are just so different. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, you kids. Things are so different to when I was a teen. But they, and it was an awful, awful show. But it had some people in it who were lovely. It was Betty's first job after the Golden Girls was finished, and wow. she was fantastic. Yeah, and another person who was just lovely on it was um, Marie Osmond. Yeah. And Marie was like not at all what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's it's the weirdest thing. I I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I've never met a Mormon I didn't like. Yeah, it's the uh, why would I, you get in trouble for saying that? Well, it's a positive thing. Uh, yeah, but it's not edgy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, it's funny yeah. because I I I really don't have any 
truck with that kind with yeah. whatever they believe. Yeah, but, sure. But I've never met an individual Mormon that didn't go well. That's a very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Easy I agree. person to get along with. <laughs> it's kind. It's kind of strange where you can you can make fun of the religion and make fun of the beliefs, but then when you meet the people, you're like, oh well, if everyone just believed that and that's how they turned out. Great. Yeah, listen, if that's if that's what makes everybody good, I think we should all wear the magic underwear. Fuck it. <laughs> Just fuck it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Did, did Betty give you any um, advice or tips? Uh, obviously, she's coming off of, of GG, so that's... GG. GG, that's what we call it in the hood. <laughs> By the way, if she's people were... She's an OGG. If people were watching Golden Girls in the Hood, that makes me very happy. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Um, I think, no, what Betty was, was uh, she had a, a wild mind and a sharp eye and she was mm-hmm. funny and interesting. She's my friend. She's still my friend. Yeah. And, and um, 96. Yeah. Just turned 96. Yeah. She was trending on Twitter and it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it probably scared her too. <laughs> but uh, she, I mean, when I met her, she was a strip of a girl in her early 70s. You know? <laughs> uh, but um, That's got to be insane to, for your first project to have like a Marie Osmond and a Betty White who are literal show business lifers. Yeah. Where it's since day one, it, 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 it seems that they... I was, very, I, I, I was very blessed at the time with the awful narcissistic ambition of a young man. So I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't really worry about it. Okay. I think now I would worry about it. You know, that yeah. I, I think I would be like, wow, this person's really clever and talented. But back then I was only thinking about me. <laughs> it's before my kids were born. So I, d- oh, yeah. I didn't think it. I was like, oh, here's me. I wonder if my eyebrows look great. <laughs> you know. uh, you, you've done a few different accents just on this podcast. Uh, the Drew Carey accent, it's not your normal accent. No, no. It was re- what I did was. The story of how I got that job is very strange. I um, I auditioned for the part of the Hispanic photographer on Suddenly Susan, the Brooke Shields TV show. Oh, my God. And what happened was that there was some kind of clerical error because I go into this. I, I, I'm like, I look at the sides for the audition. Yeah. And it's, you know... Antonio, the uh, you know <laughs> now the photographer, handsome, yeah, yeah. Uh, you Jack. know, Hispanic, and I'm like, nope. Okay. <laughs> so I, my, and, and I wasn't my agent to, is ambitious, right? I wasn't going to go to the audition because this is crazy. Plays the clarinet, right? right. <laughs> okay. Oodly, oodly, oodly. <laughs> I got, a, I got a shot. <laughs> so I go in the. I, I'm waiting outside the audition. Yeah. I'm, like I'm just new in town. I just I'm still on my work permit, and um, the. Uh, all the other guys are all look like you know handsome and Italian, yeah. no, Italian, and Mexican and stuff. I think there might have been a couple of Italians there, if I'm honest. <laughs> Probably just very tan. Uh, yeah, yeah, very tan. And I, I go in. And I didn't know what to do, so I, I, you know, I did this terrible Speedy Gonzalez type <laughs> voice. Hey, hey, Susan, aye, aye, and, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh my god, this is awful!" Yeah. But they were all laughing, and I knew it was awful, and I was laughing too. So at the end of it, the casting director said, "Well, you, obviously you can't do this show," and I'm like, "I know." I yeah. Know. But we got talking. He said, "But they are looking for a guy on the Drew Carey show. Can you do an English accent?" And I said, "See." <laughs> uh, oh my god! And uh, and I, then I I couldn't really do an English accent, but I figured that was fine because all the English actors that play Scottish people can't do Scottish accents. So yeah. I yeah. felt like there was balance. <laughs> and I know I can do it. I, you know, I I'm the owl in Winnie the Pooh. For goodness sake, there's nothing more English than that. Yeah, that's insane. That's funny, isn't it? That's incredible. Yeah. What I mean, oh, do come along, Pooh. <laughs> oh, my isn't that fun? <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. That, I, mean, I mean, you've done yeah. so many voices, but like, is this one like 
just extra special. What the owl? Yeah, like? the owl was. Yeah, I only did it in one movie, but it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was Disney did this version of Winnie the Pooh, but it was all hand drawn animation. It was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is a beautiful movie, and and they got some great people in it. And then they released it the same day as the last Harry Potter movie. So I don't. I don't know how well it did, <laughs> but it's a beautiful movie. Timing. Did yeah, you do any yeah. character research for that? What? <laughs> to be the owl? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I stayed up all night, most of my 20s and 30s. <laughs> oh, shit. I was totally nocturnal. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, we've had we've, we've had a few guests that have done uh, the White House Correspondents Dinner, and, oh, and yeah. I, I, yeah. I love hearing the stories from that. Uh, you did it in 2008? Yeah, last year of uh, George W. Bush. So now, are you going in there? Are, are you... I, I, like, what's your mindset before a gig like that? You know, it was funny. I I, I remember that one because you would. It's like doing a corporate gig, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you Except know, the most powerful man in the world. But yeah, 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 just like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, Dick Cheney was there. That's true. <laughs> right? they, uh, um, there was a thing. The the one regret I have about that is uh-huh. there was a joke that I didn't do that I wish I had done. <sighs> was it on the tip of your tongue and you yeah. just made a quick audible? Uh, I I what I did was I was going to do the joke and I ran it by a couple of people and they said, you know, you probably shouldn't do that joke. And I wish I'd done that joke. Basically, the and you've now it would be tame because you know sure. Washington is a garbage fire. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. back then there was still a you know there was a, a modicum of of politeness uh-huh. and decency. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I what I was going to say when I got up I said it's such an honor to be at the podium here with you know George W. Bush Dick Cheney uh, Rumsfeld all these people that were there mm-hmm. it, it's great to be in this company these people will not be together again until the trial <laughs> and I uh, <laughs> and I didn't do the joke oh and I, it's a good one it's a good joke yeah yeah oh, yeah man. but I didn't do it did you what, did you and my career it? went downhill <laughs> shortly afterwards <laughs> Now, what is, I mean, I feel like in your stand-up and on the show and everything, like you're so, um, and you, you take risks and you're not, like, you're pretty fearless. So was there, what got in your way in that moment? It was really, it was less to do with fear and more to do with uh, politeness. Okay. Uh, it was... Uh, There's still room for that. The, well, what happened was, it's weird, because politically, uh, George W. Bush and I are not on the same page at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and never have been. <clears throat> but beforehand there's this little green room area and everyone's standing around and at this point i'm still thinking i'm going to do this joke yeah and uh, and everybody clears out and the only people that are left in the room are me and george bush oh god uh, and we're standing and for about 15 minutes we just shoot the shit mm-hmm. and i thought i i i can't do it i like him he's he nice. tugged at your heartstrings he's, he's a nice guy yeah he's a nice guy and uh, like, you and, know what my favorite movie is marley and me yeah like, that kind of guy it's like you're like this would be it would be like slapping you know a oh, child or something yeah. <laughs> you just can't and yeah. i i just felt he was so friendly and nice and i just thought i can't do it and also i thought what do <laughs> you the, my rationale at the time was, what are you going to do? You're going to change the world here with a... You're going to say something yeah, mean to, a, right. you know, this president who's on the way out anyway. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? You like, like the rest of your set, yeah? I mean, yeah. so yeah. it's not like that one joke was going to... Yeah, I had everything else going on yeah. anyway. It was fine. Yeah. It's an odd audience, though, because you look out. It's like a dream. Yeah. You know, like a, a real dream because it's like Pamela Anderson is there. <laughs> and and, and then Blitzer. <laughs> and Salman Rushdie. <laughs> and, you know, it's, At the same table? Uh, the, yeah. And the yeah. Jonas Brothers and Kofi Annan. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like nuts. 
sucks. It's really it, you have you have essentially the full spectrum. It's not it, it's not like when you go and do a gig. For instance, you're coming to the Ace Hotel in uh, April. Oh, you you uh, plug that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll plug it. By the way, that venue is incredible. Is it, yeah. I've, I've I've I haven't played LA ever. This is the first time I've ever oh, played whoa. LA. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. That's you're gonna yeah. love yeah. it. Well, like you you might look out at that audience and say, okay, Los Angeles showbiz. Like you might be able to get at least a grip of what type of people that might be in the audience right but doing the white house correspondence there like you said it's it's everything yeah they're all there <laughs> so. um but it what was interesting about it weirdly enough that's where my friendship with larry king started was that night no kidding yeah because i used to make fun of larry a lot on the tv show <laughs> and then and yeah. i still did yeah. afterwards and yeah. i will still do it now oh, but, yeah hey how you doing <laughs> but the uh but the uh he was so funny, and I don't know if you know Larry, but I mean, he's—you should have him here. He's hilarious. I've, I've seen, I've met him one time, and yeah. I watched him do stand-up comedy at the Kevin he, and Bean. Uh, oh, really? Forceness, yeah. Show. He's hilarious. He seems like, and he has comedian. I mean, he seems like he loves he's comedians. Good. Yeah, he does, and he's got chops, and and he's—I didn't know he was a wise guy. Do you know he was a wise guy? No, no. yeah, he's, he's, a wise got, guy. he's got a yeah. He did a little time he's back in Florida. Wow. Yeah. There's a Larry King mugshot. Oh yeah, yeah. You Google it. It's in on the suspenders. internet. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's he's Larry did a little bit of uh, stir him. back in the day. So so that so there is a very social element to the correspondence center, like after and yeah. pre. Yeah, so yeah. So it's, it's, the the party element is there. I don't know about now. This yeah. is two thousand and eight, so smartphones are just beginning to ruin the world, but they yeah. haven't quite done it yet. You know what and, was the uh, holy shit? There's, there's his mugshot. Oh, yeah. King's mugshot. Yeah, Larry's mugshot. It's pretty beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is, is that how? The, did he open the conversation? Did he break the ice with? You know, I used to do time, and he. No, 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 no. No, no. He's like you. Hey, cut it out. I see your. I can't sleep. I watch your show. What are you, the, the fucking stuff you're doing about me? I'm like, all right, hey, come on, Larry. Larry was the only guy though. When I quit late night, Larry called me up at home and he said, "Don't do this." I said, Larry, I'm really? done. I said, I really, I, I really enjoy the show. Oh, and no. I, I really want you to stay on the air. I'm like, Larry, I'm done, man. If you'd have stayed on CNN, I'd have stayed on CBS. But we're done. Yeah. He said, I wanted to stay on CNN. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I just amazing. love that. I just love that Larry seems to have that healthy attitude of, why would I ever stop working? Everyone, yeah. everyone tries to say, like, why, why wouldn't you retire? And he goes, why? Why? Yeah, but it's not work if you, if you love it. Suppose, yeah, you know? and, and and he gets up, he 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 works, he gets to. He's sit. genuinely curious about people as well. He, yeah, he really wants to. Even know. at his age, he yeah. likes to. Yeah. He he likes to talk to people. He likes to get to know and and like you say, he's curious. And yeah, I I think nowadays that's so refreshing because so so many people get locked in their information bubbles with only <clears throat> hearing things that they agree with. That I don't think a lot of people are curious anymore in terms I, of getting I've to the side. I've developed a trick for this. What's that? I have removed the browser application from all of my. Uh, I, I'm not on uh, social media and I haven't been for about a year, mm -hmm. but I now don't look at any media at all. None. What? And you know what's weird? Everything still reaches you. Because I interact with people and people say, did you hear that thing? I'm like, no, what happened? And they go to that thing. Oh, really? And people yeah. love to be the messenger yeah, yeah, for yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, so you just you just talk. To people. And as long as you're can, as long as you pride will allow you say, no, I don't know anything about that, then people will tell you all about it. Now, do you have a filter <laughs> or do you like audition certain um, you know, people that are... No, I'll listen, I'll listen to anyone. So I'll listen to the cab driver or yeah. you know, or my wife. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll listen to everyone. And, you know, my, my kids are, well, one of my boys is too young for that stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, my kids are uh, attached to it and my wife is, you know, a member of the human race and interacts yeah. <laughs> in the modern world, but I don't. Yeah. What I, was the active reason for that? I, I realized that it was it was making me feel bad. I think that, you know, I would go on, like I would go on Twitter. Twitter was the, the absolute worst point of it like i would go on there and some fucking guy in holland wouldn't like a joke i did three years ago that he found on youtube Mm. and i thought i can't fucking cope with this yeah and then i realized that twitter is a chat room and i don't know if you guys have noticed you probably are aware of this Mm -hmm. but i'm way too fucking cool to be in a (laughs) chat So you are. I I can't do You're that. It's too cool to be here. Yeah, and, I know, and we're honored that you are. Yeah, well, yeah. the because re- I'm here ironically, oh, so it's fine. Very punk we'll rock. Yeah, 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 back to the roots. Yeah. There you go. I'm so, like, it's, so it's fine. Yeah. Now, what I think it it, it became. <laughs> What I, I'm, I'm very grateful the social media and the way that the media is now is that now I feel under absolutely no obligation to tell the truth in any interview ever because nobody fucking else does. So yeah. do it's like, he didn't tell the truth. Well, what am I? Like, the fucking, nobody tells the truth. Yeah. Why am I suddenly in trouble? Yeah, um, I, I've had people come up to me and they say, hey, that story that you tell in your act, is that true? I go, no. No, it's not true. I made it, I'm and, not even a dwarf. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six foot four. Leave yeah. the fuck alone. This is a this a special drink that I yeah, drink yeah, before yeah. and shrink down, <laughs> Gulliver style. And yeah, then that's I, then right. I do my show and then you I know go I think out. I think that was a sitcom in the nineties actually. <laughs> it Gulliver was. style. Yeah, Big it, John, Little John. Yeah, it was. It, it was a thing. Wait, now I have to Google it, no, that. No, Big John, Little John, and a guy shrank down into being little. I don't think he became little, little. You yeah. Know, like, Wait, this is a real thing? You're not joking? No, man. I never... I, I always tell the truth. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, see, told you. <laughs> Big Time John re- Little John is an American Saturday morning situation comedy. There you pr- go. Produced by Sherwood Schwartz. There you go. Get him on the phone. I think he's Muslim. Uh, okay. Which started... Saw him at Temple. <laughs> wow. Wait, who started it? Uh, oh, it was on... BBC One. Okay. That's why. Time oh, for a right. remake. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. I yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I, Who do we get to John? play Big John? Uh, I don't know, man. The I, Rock. I'm retired from that. Yeah. <laughs> Betty White. Yeah. Larry King. Let's get Larry King <laughs> yeah. to be to be Big I'm John. I'm Big John. <laughs> Brad and suspenders would be amazing. I mean, yeah. Do are there are there different sets of nerves for like uh, hosting a celebrity name game versus the late night show versus playing Carnegie Hall like the no correspondence? nerves at all never no never do your nerves go away pretty I, I don't I don't have it I, I believe you I really don't have it I really don't I'll be I'm as comfortable talking to Radio City Full House as I am right mm-hmm. here right now don't matter why how do you how, I don't yeah, know I yeah, I think you have to be dead inside in some way. <laughs> You're, okay, you're a comic. I think we no. I think I think what it is is uh, I think what it is is that you you get to a point where you realize that the people are there to see you, mm-hmm. and um, and they want you to be good. Yeah, and and also I I don't know if you did it when you you probably you guys probably Googled me before I go out here right a few times Wikipedia or something. Yeah, you, you got some. I mean, it's weird, pretty extensive. Yeah. You got some weird stuff on Pornhub. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brush smugglers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but the um, I worked for a little while with Mick Jagger. Who's yeah, a very good performer. Uh, I don't know if you know him. He's in a band. Uh, in Coldplay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's in, I think it's Coldplay. He's, yeah, yeah. he's in Warm Paws. He, he said he used to say this thing about performance. I because I I was 
working. We were in Istanbul, and he just done a show at this stadium in Istanbul. It's a fantastic show. And I said to him after, I went, wow, it's so weird, because we were talking just beforehand, and he was, like, normal. Mm-hmm. Then he went out, and he was Mick the fuck Jagger in yeah. front of 100,000 Turkish all people. all the Mick Jagger moves. Oh, my God. And <laughs> yeah. then he came back, and he was, like, sweating a bit, but he started, like, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah. And I said, it's so weird to see that. And he went, well, no one ever paid money to see someone who was shy. And I went, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what it is. People want to be entertained. That's why they're there. Yeah. So are you going out kind of being worried about it? That's, you're robbing these people of what they came for. I love that you do the Tyrannosaurus arms when you're well, doing you the got, Mick Jagger well, impression. Mick, that's it. Like that's the only way I can get yeah. the voice achieved. The actual <laughs> sound is by doing the little wiggly arms in front. That's just my he's arms got, normal. Well, what, <laughs> like that's what, me what, full what Mick has got, it, legs, he's big John, arms, he's little John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You got half each. Uh, there's something I want to read. It's one of my favorite um, things I read in the book, um, Riding the Elephant, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, or Barnes & Noble. Or Barnes & Noble. Yeah, Let's Barnes not leave Noble. them behind. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I want you to speak to this. And, and I'm, A, you know, and I have a couple of follow-up questions on just writing um, your third book, what the, what the, how the process differed this time. But um, you wrote in, uh, in the chapter titled The Festival, um, that I also had a belief in the myth of inane talent that being born with a skill is better than working hard to develop and nurture your gifts. I'm still not quite sure where this came from, but I still see some traces of it in some uh, Glaswegians. Glaswegians, yeah. yeah, people from Glasgow. Of today. It seems paradoxical uh, in a town where hard work is revered, but there is a notion that if you have to be diligent and industrious and persistent at a creative venture, then you must not be very good. In sport, too, there is a belief that if you have to train too hard, you are fundamentally inferior to athletes for whom the prizes come easier. Um, wow. It, Fuck. There, there, there is that kind of lie that to be uh, Mozart, you know, is somehow more noble than being a Beethoven. I mean, maybe that's a bad example because I don't know anything about Beethoven and I just saw the movie Amadeus. But <laughs> what, I, what I mean is that why is it why is it okay to be gifted as opposed to diligent i don't understand why why that would be mm-hmm. why that would be a thing but it is it's that whole thing right now of you know with the social media and the internet and the way people present themselves as having the phrase that i've heard which i find wild is they live the luxury lifestyle and i'm like what what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? You're a, you know, you're an electrician. There's nothing wrong with being a fucking electrician. Yeah. No, but but there's, nothing. but why are you talking about like I'm taking a private jet to Cabo? No, you're not, man. You're in Van Nuys, <laughs> renting an airport for half an hour. You know, yeah. it's a or renting an airplane for half an hour to get your photograph taken in it, which people do. Yeah, that's you know, the, it's it's frightening that the, people the do idea that. of projecting. Uh, an image of somebody that you're not in order to please uh, or to create a situation that you'll never see. And what I mean by that is whenever I start to write anything, I have to fight this thing that comes up. I'll write the first line of a new book and then the the next sentence that comes into my head is the first line of my acceptance speech for the award that I'm going to get for the movie adaptation of the book. And what I have to do is remove that despicable narcissistic um some kind of masturbatory gland that Mm -hmm. that fires in my head and go back to working in the moment that i'm in and doing a good job and and i think a lot of people particularly right now get caught up in the idea of the result of a life rather than a life lived 
yeah. and and that I don't understand. Uh, and I don't, and I and I say it having been guilty of it myself. Sure, the you know that you start thinking, well, people should see, should see you as what? What what should they see? I remember once getting into an elevator at CBS. Weirdly, I was a Les Moonves story. <laughs> uh, Les Moonves was ahead of CBS at the time, and I was I was in the elevator. I was carrying a bunch of fucking boxes and bullshit mm. to my office, and he get in with like you know five fucking executives all saying yes to him and different things. And sure. and, again, and I'm with it, I'm his late night guy with fucking <laughs> you know standing with my boxes on my own and like wearing a pair of shorts and stuff. And he said, you know, Craig, you should really behave more like a star. And I said. All right, then you carry the fucking boxes, Les. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I don't I don't understand it. What does yeah. a star behave like? Like a fucking jackass? Is that yeah. how you behave like a star? What what is that? Yeah, I, I don't understand. See, it. It, it, it it seems like that's the expectation. <clears throat> when when it, it, it's weird when like you go to a green room or something and they say, "Hey, do you want anything in your green room?" You're like, I don't know, some water. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. They go, and then the next time you go there, there are yeah. twenty five different types of water <laughs> there. That's the fucking weird thing about it. Yeah, like stuff would happen in late night. Like I'd see them painting a room, and I go, "I, I thought that room just got painted." You're going, "Yeah, but you know, you came in the other day and said, oh, I, I like the color. I don't like that color as much as I like the other color.'" And people would paint the fucking room. <laughs> you go, "Don't you don't need to paint the room? What the fuck?" <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's like, no, yeah. you, you, Craig doesn't like that. And then people, in order to make themselves important, will say things like, oh, Craig doesn't like that color. You got to change that color Whoa. or he'll go crazy. The one that I always hear is don't look at them in the eye. Yeah. Do you ever yeah, hear that yeah, about yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. So insane. Yeah, you know, Letterman, don't look at Letterman in the eye. And I, that's the one I heard about. Don't look <clears> Dave in the eye when you meet him. And so when I first met Dave, I could see him going, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> It's like not looking at. Them. Well, and that's and, and and that's what you find out is there's, there's just these people, people just make that are, up bullshit. They're, they're, yeah. they're just making it up, or they're mm. so scared to lose their jobs, or they don't want anything to go wrong, so they're overly cautious. Oh, and they <laughs> right. and they overly correct, and right. and, and, and it, it turns out these people are just people. Well, for the most part, uh, I mean, what what the great lesson for the get from the guests in late night for me was was Kurt Russell. Kurt mm -hmm. Russell's a goddamn movie star. He is, yeah. right? Now. And been and one he, for years. Yeah, I mean, he's like, like Kurt Russell. You know when Kurt Russell, he did that recent Netflix thing where he yeah. played Santa? Yeah. yeah, You think, how much money do you think fucking Netflix had to give Kurt Russell to play Santa? <laughs> oh. hey, hey, Kurt, uh, they want you to play Santa. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off! Yeah. <laughs> It's a gazillion dollars. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Um, but uh. he he came in, like he drove in his own car. And, like he, he's in the green room. He said, hey, is there anywhere around here I can smoke a cigarette? And he said, yeah, outside. And he goes outside, smokes a cigarette. And he's polite to people. And he's just a guy. And he's on his own. He doesn't have an entourage. Yeah. And you go, well, that's a star. Yeah. Now, Kurt yeah. Russell is, by anybody's standard, a movie star, right? Absolutely. So... What does a star behave like? I, I don't understand. Like a, a decent human being behaves like a decent human being and, a, and an asshole behaves like an asshole. And sometimes I've been both and sometimes I've been neither. You know what I mean? And I think mm -hmm. most people are like that. The, the creating this myth for yourself, like on your Facebook or your Tweety Poi or whatever fucking... <laughs> That's coming. Page, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. you're instagram mm -hmm. feed like creating this idea of yourself that isn't you that's i mean isn't there like they're coming up with all sorts of uh, you know research the saying that this is leading to depression oh yeah yeah suicidal Absolutely. tendencies oh, yeah. amongst people who cannot match this idea of a life that doesn't exist anyway yeah yeah they just, just they're projecting what they want people to see right and it's like you're but not it even doesn't even exist anyway yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's they're, nuts. they're depressed that they're not living up to 
the the life that they're putting out there. That's like being depressed that you're not in a cartoon. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, look, we've all taken strong acid and lived in a cartoon for a while. I admit it. Yeah, it's but fine. but it, but it's not it's not like that. Right. Do you think all this perspective that you um, uh, is a result of just all the experience that you have obtained over the years? I mean, like, you know. You just, I feel like, have lived a life not only professionally but in life, and for you to be able to speak so candidly and articulately about everything, and you have in the book, riding the elephant, go get it um, at Barnes and Noble. Do you feel like are there <laughs> are there certain things that you feel like, man? I I was such a uh, tumultuous time in your life that you're like, God, that was like I don't like to think about that, but now you get to a place to where you can reflect and go, well, God, that definitely you know, contributed to who I am. And so I'm glad I went through that. Do you know what I think it is? I, I think it is that I, I'm no longer young. And when I was young, like everyone who is young, I've thought it was going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it doesn't. And, and in the past few years, I've lost some friends, you know, and you see people going, it's fast, man. It's, it's fucking fast. And then I realized, do, do I just want to spend the rest of my time clogged up in fucking old ideas about what I thought when I was 25 or 15? Yeah. Like I realized, you know, I was making decisions professionally to piss off the theater reviewer in the Glasgow Evening Times in 1982. Now, what fucking, what, what's the fucking point of that? <laughs> to be fair, he's a dick. <laughs> he is a, he, he was a dick, God bless him. But, uh, but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that I think you get into ideas about yourself and you can get stuck. Yeah. And, I, and I'm trying not to be stuck. Like my friend who died uh, a couple of years ago, Carrie Fisher, who was a beautiful mm-hmm. human being, and Carrie was very clear about, um, you know, when she was in the metal bikini, you know, being strapped to the side yeah. of Jabba the Hutt. She said, you know, I didn't realize then that I was making a deal with the world that I was going to look like that and be the girl in the metal bikini for the rest of my life. Right. And people would, you should say, you know, they don't forgive me for aging. Yeah. Which is such so an insane. It is insane. It, it is a madness. And the only way that you can cope with that, the only way that I feel that I can divorce myself from that is literally divorce myself from that. Mm-hmm. Like when people say, Did you see that thing on the internet? I'm like, No, you can show it to me, but I'm not going to look. I'm not walking around with that fucking sewage pipe in my pocket anymore. I'm just right. not fucking doing it. Uh, it it's. I'm jealous. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm jealous you could put that away. It takes, I'll be honest with you, and yeah. I have some experience in this, there is a withdrawal period to go through. Sure. It was, you know, I, and all the classic symptoms of withdrawal, you know, uh, insomnia, restlessness, irritability, discontent, mm-hmm. you know, appetite fluctuations, depression. Yeah. All of that shit happened when I came off alcohol, when I came off cigarettes, uh, and when I came off uh, electronic um, stimulation. Which was the worst? Uh, oh, alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that also shows Because I really you, want some. Yeah, yeah. But, but that also shows you how bad it actually is. Oh, it's is. a real yeah. thing. That's, for me, anyway. I don't know someone, for anyone else, but that for me, it's a real thing. someone who is an addict, mm. go, uh, when, they, when, they, when they withdraw from it, it's the same thing it, yeah, it's the yeah. same symptoms that you go through at, at, at that point you go oh this really is toxic it, no it's hugely toxic you can't 
how can you possibly take in all the opinions of everybody around the world at the same time? That's absurd. That's oh like open your mind up to the... It's, it's impossible. Humans can't process that. I Computers get can do it, but yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, we're not... I mean, <clears throat> I can go maybe like when I find myself scrolling through you know, different sites and social media things, like I'd say five minutes tops and then I start to get anxiety because I'm just like... I just looked at 40 different pieces of information that mm-hmm. all like, and I'm trying to take in all of them at the same time to, for what, like, you know, it's like, maybe like, and it's also, it, it read one thing at a time. I mean, I, I, I say I'm off it, but here's the thing. I have a Wikipedia app in my phone. Mm-hmm. Now I arrived, I came in from Scotland yesterday. I arrived yesterday afternoon. Oh, I geez. woke up this morning. I'm mm-hmm. a, li- a little tired mm-hmm. and I held my hand. And I thought it was shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is my hand shaking a little bit? And then, I, so with my hand shaking a little bit, because I probably got a little jet lag, I'm a little dehydrated, I had gone on to Wikipedia and was looking up the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. <laughs> now, the, which is uh, apparently, you start, you start shaking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, but what I think it is, is that a little vulture like that lands in your mind, a little, a little piece of shit that lands in your mind. Before... Yeah. phones before the smart before the, the accessibility of too much information too quickly you would brush that off and move on with your fucking life right. you wouldn't go down that street a little bit right. and grind that little anxiety into your skull a little more because you're almost like you're you're almost <laughs> trying to prove yourself right well look at some point sooner or later you're going to be right you're going to die of something yeah you know so uh but maybe not today <laughs> maybe not today yeah uh, and and that's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm trying to get to. Well, was it was it as exhilarating to be next to the Price Is Right as it felt? That was fun. <laughs> that was. Fun. I, that's a serious question because yeah. I've been to that show. I rushed the stage while I was on a pop brownie on that show in college. Right. While Bob Barker was still doing it, yeah. and I've never felt an energy more electric in a room. I hosted that for one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. If they asked me, the only thing that made me like, I feel like, you know, do you ever see the movie Cat Baloo? Lee Marvin plays a retired gunfighter. He's just a town drunk. Yeah. But then there's a big gunfight scene at the end. And, uh, you know, he opens up the suit and he's like got the fancy pistols and the black outfit and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And for the big fight, he sobers up and gets in the gunfight. The price is right for me is this. <laughs> like, I'm, I would never go back to fucking doing that shit on TV. But right. if they said, you want the price is right, I'd get the fucking suit. <laughs> that skinny like, mic right now. Yeah, yeah. You just get to walk up and go, Caddy. Yeah, Caddy, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Did you have to memorize any of the, uh, get, like, was it's, there a lot of? It's trickier than you would think, of actually. Course. Yeah, Drew said to me, because Drew and I are still friends. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he said to me, it's, it's going to be tougher than you think it is. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Drew, I think I've seen the prices, right? Yeah. But he's absolutely right. It's actually pretty difficult. You've got to keep a lot, a lot of plates spinning. Sure. Well, even with the name game show, I mean, that's, you're just so, uh, again, man, you just make people feel good, you know? You yeah, have I'm a not very... doing that anymore. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying when you did. No, like, making people yeah. feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you you will be in April at the Ace Hotel. Are you going to uh, you want to come along? April 4th. We would love to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah come along. Yeah? We'd love well, look, to. it's LA. I've given myself over to like 80% of the audience as a guest list anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Pam Anderson, well. Wolf Blitzer, yeah, Salman yeah, Rusty. Right. They'll all be there. <laughs> Yeah, the monkeys, the ones that are left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, and so when you're getting up now for for stand up tours, is this is this what your life, other than obviously family and friends, but is this what your life is about right now? Is stand up? I I'm trying to uh, not have plans. 
Mm. I'm putting a, a new pond in in my garden in Scotland, and I'm very excited about that. Um, and that's that's I'm trying to give that the same amount of attention as I would give, you know, a movie. I hope the pond is better than some of the movies <laughs> that I've made. But but what I mean is, I don't. Every, when I started in late night, mm-hmm. the, one of the first questions I get was, "You want to take over from Dave?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, "I just fucking started this job." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and every time you, you guys know this, whenever you're going to promote something, the, the last thing or at some point in that interview, somebody will say to you, what have you got coming up next? Yeah. What yeah. have you got? Like, what yes. next? What next? What are you going to do next? Yeah. What are you going to do my next? My mom just asked me that. You know, it's funny. Well, my mom is yeah. that. I remember phoning my mom and saying, Mom, I'm, going, I'm psychotic with tiredness. I've got too much work. She would say, Oh, that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good psychosis from too much work. <laughs> like, well, you're fucking sick, man. <laughs> that's a good psychosis. <laughs> that's a good psychosis. Yeah. That's good. That means There's you're working. No such thing as a good psychosis. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Protestant psychosis. <laughs> no one needs to know of the agony you're in. <laughs> but the, yeah, but it, it it's kind of interesting. I, I, the last time, like the reason I'm in LA right now is the uh, the new Dragon movie is coming out. Third Dragon, yes. Movie. And the last Dragon movie, I was sitting next to. We were doing a a press conference, and it was Jerry Butler and me, and then Kit Harrington, Jaiman Hansu. I don't know. It was like it was like fucking heavy hitters, right? So the Hollywood Foreign Press, who by the way, the biggest fucking trick ever pulled in Hollywood is the fucking Golden Globes. You know oh, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that anybody buys that shit is just proof that people are fucking sheep. I know, right? <laughs> you know, hey, I, mean, <laughs> I was waiting to my publicist. <laughs> but, um, but we were doing the Hollywood Foreign Press and I was saying like, some guy from the, I don't know, the Cairo Penny Saver or something said, yeah. uh, Gerard, uh, first go down the line, everybody t- say what you're going to do next. So Jerry, who I've known you for years, right? Jerry mm-hmm. Butler says, he goes into this big thing and said, well, I'm going to Australia to shoot Gods of Egypt. It's a movie about the god. And then he goes on for about yeah, 25 yeah. minutes about this fucking thing. And I was kind of getting a bit bored. <laughs> then he said, all right, Craig, what are you going to do next? And I said, I'm thinking of getting a cat. Uh, <laughs> and Jenny said, you fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, well, but, but, but what difference does it make? Yeah, because, it doesn't. Because, you know, you don't care what I'm doing next. And to be honest, I don't really care what I'm doing yeah. next. As long as it's not, nothing horrible. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, everyone says, live in the moment, live in the moment. And then they ask you stuff like that. Where right. It's like, hey, well, what's right. next? What's next? What's next? Well, I think that it's also difficult to interview people, especially when you get tired of them. Yeah. You know, and I know, I've seen people glaze over when I'm talking, like mm-hmm. like now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when, like if you do a red carpet thing or something and somebody asks you a question and they're not even, they're not even looking at you and they're waiting to see if they can get Matt Damon or whoever else oh, is coming man. down. How do you handle that? The, the, well, you, the you few just, red carpets I've done, that's happened many times. Right. Like, I, I get it, I'm tiny, you're looking over me, but fuck. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I Wait, they're looking like two seconds. But that's only an illustration yeah. of, of what the toxic, see, there, I don't think show business is toxic. I just think, and I don't even think the media is toxic. I just think that certain people lose the plot a little bit. Like, if you're always looking at something that's not here, then you're not here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Though it seems to me, at the age of fifty-six, I'm beginning to realize there will be time when I am not here. So I'd yeah. like to be here now. I think right. it, I do think that is something that we all struggle with, like looking past and and not trying to you know soak up 
right now and, and that 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 question that you just mentioned that's coming to you like what's your next thing like you know i'm curious about riding the elephant for you but but but, but what's your next book craig when is your when's your <laughs> i'm writing a book right now are you really yeah, yeah 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 i'm writing a book right now and and i and i like doing that because you know I, i'm not completely well and the thing is if you write a book you you're in charge you know mm-hmm. it's so it's a world where you're in control and and that's the only one where I am in control. <laughs> yeah. Well, the book is Riding the Elephant. Out May 7th. Out May 7th. Go get it. And, Barnes uh, & Noble is the... Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Amazon. go go see Craig when he's doing live stand-up. Well, Craig you, Ferguson. you guys will be there. Yeah, yeah we're going, yeah. for yeah. sure. Right. The, you'll be Just uh, ring this podcast, everybody, and we'll put you on the guest yeah. list. <laughs> <laughs> um just, Hit Craig up on social media. He's very yeah, yeah. active. Well, no, the thing is, I do have a Twitter account, but my tour manager, Tomas, does all the tweets, yeah. but he's from the Czech Republic. Yeah. So, it's, uh, <laughs> so English is not his first language. So, so, That's so he's amazing. like, very excited to be playing in your town. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wow, Craig's really all right. dry these yeah. days. Well, when you send him a tweet, say, say something disparaging about the Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the slash tour. Ride the Elephant out May 7th. Um, pumped to see you do stand up. Yeah, come come along. You're, it's a pretty uh, decent you're, show. I think. You're one of the best, of course. How yeah. long have you been working on this particular set? Since September. Oh man. Yeah, it's, uh, September of last year. I yeah, I think it's in pretty decent shape. I enjoy it. So mm-hmm. an hour and a half, just wow. me. It's just no 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 open or anything. No, just like walk like Tyson in the black shorts. Here. Yeah, just fucking out. <laughs> boom, do it. <laughs> Fuck it. That's it. I like that. How, will you get up? How much will you get up between now and and uh, and that show? I won't at all. You won't. No. So that that'll put a little edge on it for me. You like that though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm only going to talk. Is that thing Leno said? Just keep talking. They don't know the fucking material. <laughs> Just keep fucking talking. They Just don't know. You can. Yeah, they don't know. They don't fucking know. <laughs> they don't fucking know if you missed the joke. They're like, what are you? Like, they in the room when you fucking write it. They don't fucking know. Just keep talking. Kevin Eubanks might know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I like I adore Jay. You know uh, Jay? Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, what a fucking guy. Yeah. He's a lot of and there's a strange individual, but I adore yeah, right? him. Yeah, yeah. What a pro. Yeah. Oh, Did you know yeah. him in the stand up ranks when you guys when we were no. No, no. Mm-hmm. He uh he thinks we're the same age, but he's he's like fifteen years older than me. He's yeah. a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh Craig, you're the man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm a man. Uh, <laughs> hey, I think what I'm no, saying the... is I'm cisgender. I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> you heard it here first in the About Last Night podcast yeah, yeah. with Greg Ferguson. Last gender. Lastly, I am in the place where I'm almost considering a tattoo. And, oh, right. Uh, okay. I don't know if I want an emergency tattoo. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. That's the only kind to get. <laughs> Quickly, I need the Baskin Robbins logo on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. For making time. Uh, it's lovely to Book be May seventh, Craig Ferguson show dot com yeah. for tour dates. Um and we'll see you on and, the fourth. Yeah, see you in the and, fourth. And uh you, you uh Adam Ray made you quit your late night show job, so now after this you'll never do a podcast <laughs> ever again. Yeah, I, if only that were fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, see ya.
Pizza. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.